This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning and welcome to the chair. My name is Amy Bauman. I'm with For His Glory Ministry, and this is our weekly teaching. We come together each week figure out what chair we're sitting in, look at God's word, apply it to our lives, hopefully becoming more encouraged and more like Jesus. But if this is your first time finding us today, I'm so glad that you did, and I pray that it will be a blessing. All this month, we've been looking at Christmas. We've been looking at uh, the reason for the season. We did a search engine, a fun thing with a search engine. Uh, Last week, we talked about the meaning of Christmas, and I gave you something different to think about, how we are actually a gift to God. And what does that look like for us? Do we believe that? And are we utilizing the gifts and the plans that God has for us by stepping out and, and doing that? And this week, the Lord wants us to look at family. And I I think about it in two different ways. I think the timing of it is perfect because as we get closer to Christmas and family parties and get-togethers, it's another great reminder that sometimes we're grateful that we only spend once a year with our families, right? I mean, sometimes there's uh, that uncle or that sister or someone that gets on our nerves that we look at their lives and we say, what the heck are you doing? I mean, it can be all kinds of things when you put family together. And so the Lord wants us to look this week at his family and specifically at Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus. And I think it's a great um, encouragement for us to know that Jesus's background and his family we're all different, had different things going on. And we too can look at our own families and if there are people or things that sometimes just don't make sense, God can use it and work it all for his good. And he loves us in spite of the things that um, make us different and how he can work all things together for his glory. So I'm excited to share that with you today. We're gonna watch a quick video But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for how you gently uh, take us through the seasons, how you show us new things that we can apply to our lives so that we can become more like you. And, And Lord, you didn't do things one way and then expect us to do things another. You... You did things the way uh, that we experienced them. You came into this world as a baby, uh, messy and in a barn. And uh, you were the lowly of men coming and leaving your throne, um, your kingdom. And you walked among us and you did life with us. uh, And you didn't do anything differently than what you are asking us to do with you. So I pray today for those that are discouraged, those that are struggling, that they will invite you into their situations, into their lives, and that you will help them walk out their faith each and every day. 
We just are so thankful. Bless this time. I pray for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love and Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a look at this video on family. Not so long ago, in a barn in Bethlehem, God became flesh and blood in infant son. Jesus Christ, God with us, was born into a family and woven into the fabric of humanity. His family tree is full of colorful characters, just like our own family trees. Some are beautiful and some broken, yet all these branches were used to bring us to the moment when heaven touched earth and began to stitch us into the story. Each generation declares to the next the wonders of God at Christmas. Each one of us can be woven into God's family tree and know this Jesus, Son of Man and Son of God. Come, join the tradition and hear the story again. Okay, so we're looking at it in two different ways. One, we all have a family, right? We all have a families, uh, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, whether they're all with us today or not. We had that at one time and all of us are different, right? And we have some people in our family that we absolutely love and adore and other people that we struggle with. I know, I'm sure there are people that struggle with me but we also have a bigger family, the family of God. And what I love as we look at Matthew, and if you have your Bibles and you're able to open up to Matthew, we're going to look at um, chapter one, the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew paints a really good picture, a literal picture, and was very intentional about the genealogy of Jesus. And, and during my studies, I came across this article and I want to read part of it uh, today. Because as we look at Matthew 1, Matthew says, This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then he goes on uh, to read and list all of the names that brought us to Jesus. Now, if you're ever studying the Bible for the very first time and reading the Bible and you get to Matthew because people say, read the New Testament, don't stop reading after chapter one and maybe go into farther into um, the other chapters before this. Sometimes people go, it's too overwhelming. There were too many names, but there's a reason that Matthew is doing this, right? He's very intentional and he says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. And he goes on. And what you need to know is that Jewish genealogies and most genealogies in the Bible aren't done this way. Right. And specifically, if I would have kept reading, they don't include women. And this genealogy does. But more interesting than the fact that Matthew included women is the particular women that he chose to include and to leave out. It says we might expect Matthew writing to a, Jude a Jewish audience 
to include Jewish matriarchs such as Sarah and Rebecca and Leah. But of the five women Matthew included in Jesus' genealogy, four of them aren't even Jewish. And as we might today go into somebody's home and see their family tree, which is just their pictures of their family and the grandparents and the kids and all of that. When you're talking about a Jewish genealogy, this is something that they would read and hang on to to understand how everybody came. This is their uh, family tree, right? And they wrote it down and they said, these, all these people came. These are our forefathers. This is our family. Only Mary who likely descended from the kingly line of David, like her husband, Joseph, was Jewish. The other four women Matthew took care to include in Jesus' genealogy were Gentiles. And this would have come right off the page to the people reading it back in the day. Tamar and Rahab were Canaanites, the race of people living in Canaan. And when the Israelites took possession of the land, that's who God was talking about, the Canaanites. Ruth was a Moabite, if you remember the story of Ruth. And then there was Bathsheba who, though she may have been an Israelite by birth, was married to Uriah the Hittite. And remember, David had an affair with Bathsheba and then had Uriah killed. So this made her legally a Hittite being married to Uriah. So if you were to go through and know all the people that Matthew lists... Jesus came from a long line of outsiders, outlaws, scoundrels, and sinners. Kind of like us today. And when he entered into the world, he entered into the messiness, like I talked about a minute ago, of the human family and, and coming in and being born as a human he came into that messiness even in his own family. God didn't set apart um, kings and queens and this lineage of where Jesus would come from. No, there were broken people that sinned and made terrible mistakes and slept with other people and had affairs. I mean, God used all these people to bring Jesus into the world. In fact, Jesus was the only member of his family who never brought shame on the family. Everybody else in his family did and made mistakes and were human. Instead, he took upon himself the shame of every person in that family tree. And we have to ask ourselves today, as we're getting closer to Christmas and to family parties and family drama, what is our perspective of family? 
And Jesus himself came into the world, into a broken family. And yet, and this is what's important to remember, and yet God was able to use all of that for his good. One thing that I want us to remember today is that no one gets into God's family by being born into it, right? Today, as people continue to have kids and grow and get married and have kids, right? Families are born and continue because of being born into it as a baby. But when you think about God's family, you need to be reborn, reborn into it to become part of God's family. And that ability to be reborn is only because of Jesus Christ and that he forgives our sins and that he wants us to be a new creation in him. So I have two questions for you today. Is there a reason that you shouldn't be in God's family today that you think of? Is there something that you're telling yourself like, well, I can't really be the son or daughter of God because I've done too many bad things in the past. I've made too many mistakes. God can't forgive me. I want to speak directly to that today and tell you that that's a lie from the enemy. And that here in Matthew, God shows us that families are messy and broken, that people make mistakes, and yet God can do all things through it. And because of Jesus, because of Jesus Christ and how he was born, sent and born and died on a cross, that all of us, no matter what we've done, no matter what's in our past, no matter how many mistakes we've made over and over and over again, because of Jesus and only Jesus, we can have forgiveness of sins. And there is nothing that you've done or ever will do that will be bad enough that Jesus can't forgive you. But here's the thing. You need to repent and you need to return. The life of making excuses and saying that, well, I've done too many things. I'm going to just keep doing those things. That's an excuse. And that needs to be put away. I would encourage you to repent and receive Jesus and return to or go into a life that Jesus has planned for you. So just if there's anything that you get from this teaching today is that there's nothing that you've done that's too big for God to change and work and move. And then secondly, and I think about this, I think about my years of brokenness and the troubles and the struggles that I went through and how much my family prayed for me, specifically while she was still alive, my grandmother. And I'm sure in her, in her wise, in her abilities, she could look into my life and see the mistakes that I was making. When I showed up at her house, when I showed up for Christmas and Thanksgiving, she could look into me and see my pain 
And I believe that's one of the reasons why she prayed so hard for me was because she could see what I was going through. And yet I wasn't making any changes. I wasn't doing anything differently. Sometimes we can see that, right? Sometimes we can look into our family's lives and, and see the brokenness, see the choices. But do you know that my grandmother never came to me and judged me? She never closed her door to me. She never talked badly about me behind my back. She never said things about me on Facebook. She loved me. She prayed for me. And she trusted God. Trusted God that God was going to work it all out. And it wasn't until after she passed away, a few years later, that I was born again, that God put me on a brand new path. And I can say that my grandma is one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I'm sitting in this chair today, right? Because how we look at our family, judge perhaps our family, but more importantly, how we interact with our family is key. And while we get to these times of year when we are undoubtedly put together in small cramped spaces and big tables and trees and presents and food and alcohol and all of that, ultimately how we show love to each other shows who's in our hearts. And Matthew I love Matthew because he intentionally writes out the genealogy of Jesus, not to include all the kings and all the perfect people, but all the broken people, all the people that had a part in it, right? And that's all of us, all of us, all of us are broken and need Jesus and need his saving grace. And so the Lord wanted us to talk about that. And, and be reminded as we are together as families that God can work and move in all of us. But to do that, right, we need to continually pray for each other, lift each other up, not judge, not point fingers, not believe that they will never change. If my grandmother would have believed, I would have never changed. I'm so grateful that she trusted God's word. I'm so grateful that she never stopped praying for me. I'm so grateful that God answered her prayers. And I'm so grateful that she was in my life, right? And I'm sure I was that granddaughter that was never going to get her stuff together. But that's not how grandma saw me. Grandma saw me as a, a daughter of the Most High King, who God was going to be able to work on and work through and move and change her life. And I'm so glad that he did. So this coming week, as we prepare um, to get into Christmas and families and parties, I would encourage you to love. I would encourage you to forgive. I would encourage you to pray for each other because we are all part of the family of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, 
I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you bring all things together. And I'm so grateful for your word and your truth and that you didn't do anything differently, Lord, than what we do here today. But you, Lord, showed us how you can work all things together for your good and bring good things out of it because of Jesus. And that's the same for us. So I pray that as we're getting together and as we're maybe put in difficult situations with family and friends over these next few days, that you help us, that you walk with us, that we can remember Jesus's genealogy and we can extend that same grace to our families and friends. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. Don't forget, uh, it's Tuesday, and that means our recovery meets at Oasis from 6 to 8 p.m. If you haven't yet joined our private Facebook group, you can do that. And if you're not able to join in person and share a meal with us, you can join online in our private Facebook group at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But don't forget, um, Tuesday nights at Oasis, our recovery meetings. Thank you again for being here and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.